Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. Listen as he shares his faith journey with intentional application methods to inspire, motivate, and activate your spiritual life to develop a deeper connection to the one true source, Yahweh. This is a Faith Becomes Sight production on Black Talk Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. E. Peace and blessings, family and friends, and welcome to another episode of Iron Sharp and Zion, Talking Faith with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson on Black Talk Radio Network. I am your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson, and we are back for another exciting guest. We've had a great time interviewing a few other people um, whom I've met along my faith journey, but this week we have a special guest from a, a great man and God out of Chicago, Illinois, who I met last Friday at the Joshua Giles Ministry, Joshua Summit in Orlando, Florida. And so Brother Matt, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm doing blessed. I'm doing blessed. I'm glad that I'm able to uh, share some stories with you. It was my, it'll be my pleasure. Awesome. Awesome. So interesting enough, while, before you came on, Scotty and I was having a conversation and Scotty had, had said to his mother previously that they were believing somebody to give them a riding lawnmower. And Scotty said a month or so later, his cousin gave them a riding lawnmower. And when Scotty said that, I wanted us, you and I, to begin talking about expecting or believing, okay? And um, I'm going to give you the, the, the floor to share about how you came to believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I'd like to respond to your, to your concept of believing and expectation. Um, if I can set the groundwork, uh, I don't know how much leeway I have, but I just want to be free. You to, You're free, brother. You're free. I just want to be free to expound on the idea of salvation and liberty and freedom and expectation. Yes, indeed. And as we talked earlier, from a historic point of view, I remember us talking about the church and the uh, culture of the African-American family and how the church was so much involved with the African-Americans uh, coming from Africa, which spoke different languages. But there was some way that this institution of the church was able to connect for the whole idea of being able to express themselves in a legitimate an authentic way, which is the, the soul and the essence of who a person is. So when we look to find our own soul and our own essence of who we are, that was our challenge growing up in a colonial, as the history tells the story, That's what I talk about society. So with this that in are, mind... But brother, may, may I interject very quickly? Yes. Um, can you give them a, a brief history of your background because you're speaking as one who has taught others. And so can you speak about your, your, your background and, and your study and what, what's gotten you here, if you could? Okay, well, sure. Uh, just to give you a brief bio, my name is Matt Chrisman as a minister of uh, Redeemed Fellowship Ministries. It's a smaller church that we are in the process of building. Uh, I was born June 2nd, 1957, and um, in a very... Uh, socially depressed community, socially depressed environment in a single parent home. Mm. Um, my brother who I lived with for a short period of time was four years older than me, who I highly respected, growing up with not understanding the importance of education, 
my brother seemed to be always a little bit smarter than I was. So I just followed his lead. Mm. And from that, as I went to high school, he went to college. And when he went to college, uh, when I went to college, he went and started working on his master's and his PhD. So I've always respected education from that point of view, that point of view, in order to give me an more of an essence of who I was. So with that in mind, so with that in mind, uh, after graduating from Northern Illinois University and working on my and uh, working on my master's degree and working in administ school administration, um, mm. I can just remember back how that story starts by just being uh, deficient and derelict of education in uh, grade school because now I understand that it's a pipeline of the systemic racism in this country mm. that the great majority does not really want you to have the essence of who you are. That's right. And learning about the, the uh, how to succeed in this world, not through books in particular. So there are other ways and other means, of course. But if a person if, from my background just didn't have any direction, uh, I know it was nothing more than God to give me the direction that I needed. The footsteps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And even though with my ups <laughs> and my downs, God always had his eye on me. I'm sure of that. My mother was a praying woman. She didn't have much money, but she drugged me off to church <laughs> all day mm. on Sunday and one night uh, uh, through the week. And we did that consistently for about five or six years. Which, so my foundation was rooted right there in the understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. So after she passed away when I was in high school and my father passed away the following year, I really didn't have a strong network of connections and role models. The only mm. thing I had at that point really was, a, a, um, how can I say, a distant family that had a strong connection with the Church of God in Christ in the Chicagoland area. Ah, yes, indeed. As a matter of, as a matter of fact, my uncle, who just passed away about a couple of months ago, when he got married, uh, one of his bridesmaids was Mahalia Jackson. Yeah, are you serious? He sang, he sang uh, very oftentimes with Thomas A. Dorsey. He taught James Cleveland how to play the piano. He oh, can wow. remember when Albertina Walker was just running around a little nappy-headed girl in the church. So I had those connections uh, wow. with some of the strong leaders in the Church of God in Christ from a distance that I kind of like picked up on just a little bit to help me we're trying to understand who this God is and who this Jesus is that my family was talking about. And at that time, I didn't know that that was the legacy and a mm. strong legacy for most black people, especially if they don't have a legacy of finances and of riches. So mm. if we learn to, if I was, when I came to the understanding of learning that my wealth is my knowledge in God, mm. the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. So when I came to that understanding, then I started, it was a journey where I started this marathon of walking the right path of wanting to know who I was and my, my essence of who I was is, is hidden in, this, in the idea of who Jesus Christ is. So now my whole, my whole image of life is to reflect the image of Christ in my mm. walk and in my talk. Mm. And so that, um, and, I, and, and in raising a family, and in having a loving wife who fears God uh, with fear with the admonition of the Lord, uh, 
we work together as a team. And in my shortcomings, and I don't want you to think that I do not have any. <laughs> I put that on the table. I put that on the table at first. So that I don't have, I don't want nobody trying to think of I'm no bigger and no smarter than anybody else who ask it of God. Well, the, the truth of the matter is we come into our wisdom by making mistakes, right? By falling. So because we now are at a place of understanding at our age, I mean, the truth of the matter, we should be at this kind of stage of wisdom at our age after what we've, called, we've gone through and what God has brought us through. So it's not that, you know, we're arrogant, we're speaking as though we don't have any flaws, but we're speaking as one who has fallen and also that's been picked up, picked up, by, picked up by the grace of God. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. Yeah. It's all God's grace and mercy that's really picked us back up and brought us, I'm ready to say, a mighty long way. That's what my grandma used to always say. Now, now I know what mighty long way is, right? Amen. But that's what it's all about. So I, I thank you. So keep on sharing, brother. Keep on sharing. You're just sharing the history of the church and how it really came to be. Not just the church, but the church of God in Christ. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, as, I, as I may continue, uh, yes. with some of these earlier churches, now, once again, at the age of between eight and 13, I'm trying to just learn my way around some of these gospel greats. Uh, at that time, I didn't realize or appreciate these gospel greats. Mm. I really didn't. And by me being around some of these gospel great singers, I pretty much just took it for granted. And when I heard good singing somebody like a Whitney Houston, uh, somebody of that caliber or uh, or her, her mother of that caliber, or when I would just go to these uh, first Sunday musicals or these teas that were a little more traditional, I was in the company at a young age of greatness in the church. Oh, wow. So, uh, but once again, I did not appreciate it so much at that time until, once again, I found myself trying to find out who I was. So, when I recognized from a historical point of view, because my, my passion is for history and African-American history in particular, and it comes from a basis of me being an art teacher. And if you know anything about art, art is nothing more than the, uh, the history of culture. And when we talk about culture, we're talking about language, we're talking about food, we're talking about behavior, uh, and all those things to go into it. So. Uh, along with my idea of history of art and the history had transcend over to the Byzantine period and through the Roman Empire and how the Roman Empire kind of uh, linked in with Jesus Christ's time. And mm. then from, uh, from the Persian, first the, uh, uh, I should say the Assyrian Empire, then the Babylonian Empire. This is all recorded even artistically. And then to the Persian Empire, so I put a timeline together up until the point where now, what were black folks doing at that time? I'm asking mm. myself these questions. How were they spiritually connected? Well, there's very little writing about that, but they had very strong empires. They ran mm. large civilizations and cultures from the Singha Empire to the Ghana Empire to Mansa Musa in the uh, Timbuktu Mali. Empire. But Mali Empire, so as I begin to search and find just a hint from a historical point of view, and then I draw, I draw back to say, well, 
how do the African-Americans fit into religion? So I began to study how this whole idea of how these people, African-Americans, my ancestors, with mm. no really record to this really put, put down, Ancestry.com might tell you a little bit about the region that if people have that bloodline, they may be in Ghana or they may be in the, on the Ivory Coast or they may be uh, in Sierra Leone or something of that nature. And to, because of this broken history that we had and me trying to find myself, mm. this was the struggle that I faced, but God gave me answers. And sometimes those answers did not satisfy me. Mm. So I thought of it as being a treasure. We know that wow. gold and diamonds and pearls, which we think of are treasures, they're fine jewels and that and, and that and along that line. And I began to understand that those things are just not laying around in the street. You got to wow. dig deep for them. These treasures, right. uh, you have to dig for treasures, these hidden treasures. And so it was, I began to understand more and more about how my African-American ancestors came to this country with a false sense of their of 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 uh of a the, the master the slave master the greatest society trying to enforce their religion mm. on them but the 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 part that the african americans didn't understand was they're talking about freedom they're talking about liberty they're talking about wealth but yet these slaves they're not feeling any of that <laughs> so right, right. they had this culture of coming together the slave master didn't like it but they would do, they would come together speaking different languages and they would have what you would call the ring shout. And then the ring shout kind of reminds me of speaking in tongues to a degree. Ah, talk about it, talk about it. You have many different languages as the, as the children, as, as God's people were trying to get to heaven by climbing yeah. up the Tower of Babel. What did God do? He broke them up into all different languages in a, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. So they confounded their languages. And so, we found, what I found was when these people and their creative genius, mm. they were able to, uh, after their languages were broke uh, from many different languages, they were still able to worship together. Some of them worshiped God. Some of them even worshiped Allah. Mm. But they found an idea to worship together. Mm. And then from that understanding that I gained, I said, you know what? This idea about who God is, is really whoever you really want him to be after you, in, in your life and all of your shortcomings, and he can be what you need him to be. Right, and to right. some extent, the Old Testament talks about Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Elohim, Jehovah Sikhanu, Jehovah Yahweh. So, uh, hey, how many, soon as God turns and give you another perspective of who he is, you, you give him another name because he could be your healer. He could be your provider. He could be right. your lawyer in the courtroom. Right. He could be your banner. He could be your, mind, your mighty tower. He could be Jehovah El Shaddai, the God. So I don't get so much hung up on the names. Not me. Oh. That's my understanding of it. Right, now, right, I right. Do, I do know that there is no name given among men other than the name of Jesus Christ whereby man may be saved. Talk I'll about take it. that name to the bank. Okay, that's talk not, about that a little bit. Talk about that. What, what is your belief as it pertains to there is no name which man or woman can be saved just by only by Jesus Christ? Can you talk about, elaborate on that for the, for the listeners? My experience was, it comes from out of an idea of after hearing that scripture time and time again, 
Brother Henderson. It comes from a point of view where um, I was a very inquisitive type of person. And sometimes that's an that's a, uh, oxymoron because faith and doubt, they're opposite of one another. It's like right. uh, uh, hope, faith, the substance of things that we hope for and the evidence of things not seen. So when I started thinking about what was I hoping for? What did I want for my life? What did I want for my soul to gain? These were questions as a person begins to establish himself in, into a certain direction. Then I had to find a common denominator that I can work from. And I'll give you an, a parallel that worked for me because I coached track for about 15, about 15, about 20 years I coached track. Awesome. And in coaching track, you got sprinters and you got marathon runners. And what I want to do is I want to live this, I want to live along, I want to run a marathon. Because I saw some of those old timers, they were in the game for a long time. Long I wasn't so time. much impressed. I wasn't so much impressed with how the spirit of God was moving mightily through them with the quickness, uh, as we would say, the Holy Ghost would give them a quickening of the spirit. Yeah. And something miraculous would happen. But what I did notice was they were living a long time. Yeah, and many of them lived without, in, in, without in, in, injury. And I remember how my mother and father, my mother who loved God, as I shared with you the story before, we can't take it for granted that we're going to wake up tomorrow. And the reason That's why true. I knew that to be sure, Brother Henderson, because my mother, after being in church all day on a Sunday, on that Monday morning, when I got ready to go to school, I came in the room and she had, Brigham Mortis had already set in. Mm. So she was fine. Now, of course, as many of us, high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, some of those types of things, as a result of bad diet, right? Uh, because of uh, food deserts and a number of other issues. But with that, Taught, what that had me to understand was could you could you elaborate i mean i mean you have said something very important you said food deserts yeah and so and again you were in chicago at this time growing up can you mm -hmm. elaborate on what a food desert is so, so our listeners would know what you're speaking of okay well uh i like to think of institutional racism and i'm gonna i'm gonna bring it all together in a moment where it really makes sense for my community as an African-American man and some of the issues that I deal with and how it leaks, in, leaks into my the five-fold ministry and helping the, most, the least of us, the least fortunate, uh, the widow, uh, the homeless. And that right. links into an idea for me as to say, and this, which, which comes up, which, which trickles down from that issue that I was talking about with slavery and coming and, and how the church was an institution, which was the only one Historic, uh, the history, the is this uh, historical scholars in the African American community, they will all agree that from a historic point of view of culture and being able to move forward, the church was the only institution, only institution. at that point, the only, only institution where they could come together to learn, That's to right. share, to That's read, right. to build houses. You know, you had people in the South dealing with abolition. And you uh -huh. also have people in the North dealing with that position. So with that being said, when we start talking about food deserts, I still believe in this country, and we're seeing it right now, and I'm not going to get real political, but 
I think it's a common state, a common uh, understanding that we have two different factions that are trying to govern our country. One That's is right. going to be called conservative and one's going to be called liberal. That's the general statement of it. And so when we talk about if you're going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, which is a common theme in the conservative uh, uh, way of thinking versus uh, the uh, liberals are saying, let's help everybody. Right. So, so with that in mind, so with institutional racism, let me, let me, give, give, me, give me one minute. Give me one minute, Brother Henderson. One minute. Okay. I'll bring it together with the food desert. So in this institutional racism, we have a, a, a eight-legged table. Eight-legged table from schools to housing to employment to opportunity. So it's a vicious circle. It's a vicious circle of these institutions. And one of those in institutions is also going to be, uh, uh, how do we call it, your diet, where you get your diet from. This is also a part of this institution of, of an industrial complex of prisons. The industrial complex of military, just to name the other few, just to round out the circle. But in the one where food deserts take its, uh, take its mark is that if you go to certain communities that are affluent, you're going to have the best of foods, the best of fruits and vegetables, the best of meats, and so and the best of dairy, all of your food groups. But in other communities, you will look at the, pack, the, the date on the package. And it'll say expires tomorrow. And these are just common facts. Expires the day after tomorrow. You are looking out in the African-American community and you will see not only those types of grocery stores, but you'll also see an abundance of fast food. What do I mean by fast food? McDonald's, Burger King, uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, <laughs> Taco Bell. Now, everybody, any doctor that you want to, any doctor, if he's legitimate, he's going to tell you. Any medical doctor or, or a dietary uh, specialist, any of them will tell you those foods will not supply you with long life. As a matter of fact, what the body needs to nourish are just uh, the contrary of what that stuff is that they're selling in the African-American community, which when I talk about a food desert, because your food should be nutrition for your body. I need to interact before we go to break. So for, for yeah. our listeners, um, we, we have Brother Matt Christian um, out of Chicago, um, Illinois. And we, he's talking about a food desert. So a, a food desert is when you don't have access to healthy food. Like yes. when you come into an urban area, you're not going to find a Chipotle, right? You, you're going to find more of a McDonald's. And so oftentimes in urban areas, even in rural areas, the individuals who live there do not have access to healthy food. Like they cannot go around the corner. They don't have transportation to get healthy, fresh produce, live food, like fruits and vegetables and things of that nature. So that's, and that's what we're talking about right now. We have to take a, a few minutes break and we have a commercials coming on. We will come back with brother Matt Christian and we're going to, we're going to talk about a few things he's mentioned, but we're going to be back here in about 10 seconds. Thank you very much. And continue to listen to, Iron Sharpens Iron with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson on Black Talk Radio Network. We'll be back in about 15, 20 seconds. Thank y'all. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Yeah. 
Radio since 2008, providing new black media for the masses. Welcome back, everybody. We are back on Iron Sharpens Iron with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson on Black Talk Radio Network. I have on tonight my brother, Matt Christian, who is out of Chicago, Illinois. He's, he's a former track coach. He's an art, um, an art history professor, um, a husband. He's also um, a father. But more importantly than that, he is a true man of God. And he was man. talking before we got off um, about a food desert. But um, there's one thing I wanted to go back on as we were talking about worship, um, um, brother, brother, brother Christian. Now, what mm-hmm. I've always contended in my study um, is that not only did African-Americans, were, were they given Christianity, but what I believe that they took Christianity and they made it into what it Absolutely. is today. Absolutely. And it came through them going to the brush arbor. So what we see in terms of modern Christianity is a result of African-Americans enslaved worshipers who made a decision to choose Jesus Christ as their choice. And in making that decision, that's what led to the toppling of slavery. That's what led down to Jim Crow falling down because they made a decision to worship God in the midst of their serpent, to worship God in the midst of their agonies, their trials and tribulations. And in doing that, they found a power from on high that they had never experienced before. So when yes. you spoke about all of them coming together in their own languages, those who were Muslim, non-believers, whatever, it wasn't necessarily about them coming together in the name of the divine name. It was about them coming together to worship something larger than them so that they could use that spirit, use that energy, use that strength, use that, cor- that courage to fight that modern day Goliath, right, called slavery, which was an injustice, nefarious, wicked system. And so I see our ancestors, Christian ancestors and African-American ancestors in line with the Bible, step by step, person by person, all the way up until now. And so that is my contention on this show. That's been my belief through my study, theologically, anthropologically, spiritually, and mentally. And so for you to come on, have I not ever known that, and to confirm that is truly, truly nothing but the Lord. Nothing but the Lord. And so that just shows me when two people come together, right, and they have a mutual agreement, anything's possible. And not only is anything possible, you're really able to, you know, to ascend to another dimension because the agreement you have with your brother and sister. Would you agree with that, good brother? Yes, and I uh, I agree 100% with all that you said. And as we, if you don't mind me just interjecting about how this links in to what you're saying about the strength of the spirit. Yes. Yes. As we know, the flesh and the spirit, uh-huh. they, are, they are in opposite of one another as well. All the time. The flesh and the spirit, they are in opposite of one another. Uh, the flesh is an enmity against God is what the word of God says. And yeah. to, when I was a kid coming up, and I still to this day, I believe in fasting and praying. It's, I don't hear people talking too much about it nowadays. Uh-huh. But as we talk about the bad food that we need to clear out of our bodies, one way you can clear get clear those <laughs> that waste and that toxic and that septic out of your body is to fast. Uh-huh. God, had, God had an insight to something that we should be doing anyway. 
So fasting and praying, let me not move that out of the idea when we start talking about the food desert. Because so many of us, we may not have a choice. I've been in, I've been a base and I've been a bound. Uh, what I mean by that is I had to eat uh, hot dogs and 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 uh yeah, I've, I've had a I've had a little and I've had a lot. Yeah. I had yeah. I had mayonnaise sandwiches before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? But on the other hand, I can go yeah. to a store in Chicago land, it's called Whole Foods, or I can go to a, a store in Chicago land called Mariano's, and they have the, the all all the best foods that you want. And so mm. uh I'm just that 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 covers that whole idea of what we eat. And we have to remember that we as the children of God, our bodies are the temples of God. What do you do? The Bible says, I present my body. A a sacrifice. Holy, holy and acceptable unto God. That's now right. my body's all right. When I get when when I have some symptoms or what I'm gonna call it symptoms, but I'm not confessing none of that sickness, disease, and poverty because that ain't nothing but from the devil. But sometimes I do feel like some of the symptoms are affecting me, and when they do, I tell God what His promises is. Uh. I present my body. A living sacrifice, totally acceptable unto God. Now we are in a covenant relationship, brother pastor. Then mm. God does not want me to be sick because I cannot, I cannot increase His kingdom if I'm, if I'm, if I have infirmity in my body. That's why I ask you this come against infirmity. Let me ask you a question about increasing His kingdom because in Matthew six and ten it says, "Let Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven." So as a believers, we have a responsibility to increase the kingdom of God with our short time on this side. Would you agree with that, sir? Absolutely. Absolutely we do. So as we reflect the image uh, of Christ. And why are we not doing that? Why are churches not promoting that? Why are we to get to heaven celebrate? Should we be in heaven on earth? Well, my response to that, Brother Henderson, is there would be... Um, the church has its function, and we as uh, lay peoples have our functions. We as Christians have our functions. As we as believers, we have our functions. So there's a number of different things in a five-fold ministry. Your gifts will make room for you. Everybody has different, uh, different talents. So right. it is, as it is, that everybody in, in, in the body of Christ, remember, we're talking about the body of Christ. Don't expect the feet to do what the ears do. I shouldn't mm, expect, I shouldn't expect word. my elbow to you to do even what, even though the elbow and the knee kind of work to get, they work in the same, they look like they work kind of like in a similar fashion, but the knee, I just had a total knee replacement, brother Henderson, $100,000. <laughs> hey, brother, I, I had a right, you know, my, that's how you and I began talking. I got to my right knee for telephone. Yeah, yeah. So, so the point I'm making is we talk about the body of Christ, though. That was a sad bar. But I want the emphasis I want the people that under, understand my voice to remember that in the body of Christ, gifts and callings come without repentance. And that's why you see some of these talented people, talented people, that can they have a, you know that their voice is anointed. But they're just using it not for the glory of God. All things are really for the glory of God. That's what hmm. God's intention. God's yes. intention. It's to glorify my Father which is in heaven. Hallelujah. Right. Praises to the Lord Almighty. That That's is right. what God created us for. And so right. with gifts 
with our talents. If we don't cry, if we don't praise the Lord, he'll have the rocks cry out. So what do I use my voice for? What do I use my eyes for? What do I use my hands for? What do I use my this is my body, but in the church body, there are all different functions. So when you start talking about the church, uh, the the, the, uh, the whether it's the church of God in Christ, whether it's the Baptist right. church, whether it's the African American Episcopal Church, these are all people, people that had some uh, differences of theological expression or some type of something that one person didn't really, and I think that's the nitpicking a little bit more about outside of what really what God is trying to say, because God is about unity. Right, always. So, always come together. That's why I, in my walk, I'm not so much concerned with that aspect of the body of Christ, because in a, in a, uh, in a relay race, you have four people running a uh, four by 100. And everybody just has to do their part. You know, God, God, God's looking at this whole tapestry. This whole idea is one big wall with all the bricks in it. We're just one brick in the wall, brother pastor. Indeed, indeed, amen. So if I amen. continue, if I continue to nitpick and try to find out what what this person is doing wrong now, it's, it's two things I can do. I can go and minister to the person that's in leadership they call it speaking truth to power as the lord gives me the authority to speak to them and then i'm going to be on my way because i don't believe god is about this uh distraction or confusion Amen. well so let, 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 allow me to elaborate on that and yeah. so when, when i said what i said in matthew 6 and 10 in yes. no way am i trying to shine condemnation on anybody but I'm okay. speaking to a, a misconception as okay. it pertains to scripture. Okay. And as I'm, I'm and, 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 and since, since you and I are educators, right, former teachers, and I'm still a teacher, so are you, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's important that we rightly divide the word of God. Because Amen. we have indiv individuals on here who may not have the theological educational background that you and I have. And so I think it's important that we, we, we shed light for those persons who may not be, you know, because to be honest with you, when I, I had read that scripture for I don't know how many years. And it wasn't until last week I heard someone mention it. And it was actually Miles Monroe mentioned that. And so when he mentioned it in one of his broadcasts that was done almost 30 some years ago, I said, My God, my God, my God. Now, what scripture because are we referring to, Brother Pastor? Ma Ma Matthew 6 and 10. Matthew 6 and 10. In which Jesus is, is instructing his disciples on how to pray. And oh, okay. he's giving clear, clear instructions on how to pray, but he also gives us information on what we're praying to and we're praying about. And so I had never known or walked in the idea that we could have heaven on earth, that we could walk in this dimensional heavenly realm on earth as it is in heaven. Yes. And so that's the information that I recall now was once talked about 40 years ago by, I wasn't named Daddy Sweet Daddy Grace, right? Um, and then um, there was a brother who, who had, you know, large assemblies. I can't think of his name. He, he was always dressed nicely. Oh, man. You probably know of his name. You think it's, oh. <laughs> but he, he talked about this as well, that we are God and that we're called to be God in Christ on earth. Mm -hmm. I cannot think because of his name. If I can expand on that, you know, you mentioned a, a couple of verses that I want to elaborate. I want to just expand. Expand. Yeah. Uh, the Bible says, "A workman needeth not be ashamed. Study to show yourself approved 
Rightly dividing the word of truth. The only way you're going to do that is by studying his word, knowing who God is. And and as we learn who God is, that's that's where the love comes from. That's one thing. Uh, uh, The other thing is as we talk about uh, studying to show that I approve, studying to show thyself approve. The other comment I want to make about that was when we begin to understand uh, who God is and learning who God is, that's where the love comes from. That he Amen. sacrificed his life for us because it goes back to this whole idea, brother Pastor. Why me? That's right. Why me? Amen. God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his only begotten son. He didn't have to do it, but if because of this divine plan that God had. So those of you who are on the sound of my voice, I want to just take out a moment to just share. That whatever your situation is, as, as blessed as I am now, the blessings of the Lord make it rich and added no sorrow. Mm. God mm. wishes above all that we would prosper and be mm. in good health, even as our soul prospers. What is our That's soul? Right. Going back historically speaking, they believe that when that Constitution of the United States, we didn't even have a soul. Mm. So this is how far God has brought us as a culture, as a people from. They we were thought of like a like a we think of a dog or a cat or a, a cow. That's how we were thought of uh, in terms of how we were intermingling with the culture. So we had God had to walk us through that process. So He did even with the children of Israel. He walked them through a rugged process to have them appreciate. Sometimes you have to walk through that valley before you can appreciate the view from the mountaintop. So mm-hmm. along that same idea is, you know, what we see historically and what God is trying to take us to, he above all that we will prosper and be in good health as our soul prospers. And that means understanding who God is. And as you mentioned earlier, Brother Pastor, from a, uh, from a spiritual point of view, it happens in the spirit world before it happens in the natural world. If you're Amen. thinking about starting a family, if you're thinking about that girl that you like, <laughs> I'm just speaking naturally now from this point of view. Before you begin to start a family with her, you have to, in the spirit realm, you have to, you have to conjure up this idea in your mind and in your spirit mm. that you either are infatuated with her or God is drawing you to her. But it starts in the spirit world, in the spirit world first. So our souls are connected with the spirit world. And wow. once we pull these two concepts together, now we'll begin to see as the beauty of God begins to unfold. And even May though I ask you, excuse me, I was gonna ask if you could elaborate on the spirit world. Okay, as we elaborate on the spirit world, and I think I just touched on it just a little bit, but once again, I was very frustrated with this idea of studying history about so many different spirits. Right. From his walker point of view, there was this concept of Christianity before Jesus Christ. It's called mantra. They, and you talk, if you study any of these world religions, there's always somebody coming along. Even when Jesus Christ's time was, they thought of him as there was many prophets. Even after he went to heaven, there was these, these various churches the seven churches that they talked about in Asia Minor, some of them mm. still had people, there were sects, S-C-S-E-C-T, 
S. And these are like spiritual groups is basically what they were, a cult of kind of like, if you will. So I had to fight through this whole idea, well, what's the difference between Christianity and a cult? Mm, mm. Now, the experience that you have with Christ wow. is real in your life. Amen. If you allow him to be. And that's key, brother pastor. I'm going to bag that up. And if I could stay right there just for a moment. Yes, you can. Yes. If you know, if you allow me to, I, I would like to just, I'm trying to yes, also minister to someone that may be understanding my voice as well. Because I've shared a little bit with you about my background. I've shared a little bit with, of you, with you about my educational prowess. But yes. then there's going to come a point in most people's lives where the curiosity is going to still drive them away because the devil is alluring. He's attractive. Mm. He is alluring and he is attractive, attractive. And he is like a roaring lion mm. going to and fro. He's just looking around for somebody that don't have the awareness of who they are and he's going to yeah. devour them. He's going to create something that they can do in sin. And sin is nothing more than a transgression of the love of God and what he wants for us. It's a general mm. concept. Don't make it so difficult. It's a general concept. All that God wants for us is life. Concept in the spirit. Now I'm talking spiritually. Spiritually, it has to happen in the spirit world, in my mind. Casting down faint, vain imaginations. When mm. I get a bad thought, hey, I'm not, I'm not oblivious to having a bad thought in my mind, brother pastor. Mm. I still, I would, I would above, I would wish that I didn't. But as I fight these battles and as I fight these spiritual warfares, because my battle is not against flesh and blood, it's against right. principalities, it's against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now I'm digging in a little bit deeper. You may not understand all that I'm saying, those of you who are listening, but in the spirit realm is where the battles are going on. That's why somebody walks up to you with a gun and says, give me your money. Because Amen. in his mind, he's thinking that he, he has the right to take something from you. Mm. See, God wants, he, he gave his only begotten son. God wants to bless me so I can give. I want to give, brother pastor. When we get to the point we want, it's more blessed to do what? To give, give. than it is to receive. This is scripture yes, that, you can, that you, can, you can take it to the bank. Yes, sir. So, so in the spirit realm, I had to get this understanding of, I'm going to accept, I choose, I choose to worship this God that I've got a clear understanding of, and he is so good to me. I'm happy to share him with anybody because mm. he is, the Bible says he is no respecter of person. Now, when I was in my 20s and my 30s, doing my curious years, I, it was just words. It was words. It was words, brother Pastor. Here's another, here's another, uh, uh, something that helped me in my spiritual, my spiritual walk. Faith comes by hearing. Uh, and hearing, and hearing by, by the word of God. So if I begin to bombard myself in this righteousness and the love of Christ, it's going to grow on me. I'm going to start, it's going to start to grow legs. It's going to start to build my muscles. Faith is like a muscle. 
you exercise your faith. God, I need this job. I, and, and then you get this job? Now, did I get the job for me? No. I got this job because I need to feed my family. I'm giving. Mm. I got this job because I want to help somebody down the street. So it's still in the it's still under the under the umbrella of me wanting to help and give. And then be after a while, what happened in my story was I said, Well, I like this guy, and I'm gonna listen to these words and I'm gonna test them. It's almost like mm. when we tied, brother pastor. Mm. I said, uh Prove me now herewith and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. 30, 60, and 100. That's scripture again. It's in Malachi. It talks about tithing. Now, mm. many people have an issue with tithing, but the Bible also says if you be willing and obedient. And, some, and, and here's, here's the controversy that some people have. But that was for the Old Testament. Now that Jesus Christ has came, he, didn't, he takes care of all of that for me. Well, we don't want to just say that the, the laws were absolute, absolute, because they gave us a format of what God wants us to do. But if we can't do them, then his grace is going to be sufficient for me if I can't find the capacity to do it. But I'm going to pray that God is pleased with my life and I'm living in, not in his permissive will, but I want to live in his perfect will. That is my desire. Am I there yet? Once again, hey. I still have conflict. That's why I pray. I still have conflict. I still got an issue with certain races of people. Mm. I got to, I pray about it and God helps me to deal with it because I'm not free of it 100% yet. Mm. Now, now, it might be because I perceive them as being uh, spiritually corrupt, whatever that case may be. That is what I am working with. I and here's something that you didn't know about me, brother Pastor, but I'm going to be open with you. Amen. This is important. In my curiosity, I started experimenting with drugs. Mm. Wow. And in my curious, because I had never did it before. Right. Was I raised in, in was I raised in a gang in a in a gang culture? No, I was not. But I experienced it. Why? Because I was curious. It seemed okay. it seemed uh, almost different and alluring. It seemed uh, had a level of I thought was freedom. But this is the misconception once again. One of the greatest uh strategies that the enemy the devil who's trying to stop you from getting the very best that you can he's going to try things to put in your mind that's going to look alluring to you so these are some of the when we talk about spiritual warfare and this ties in as you mentioned you wanted me to address the spirit these are the battles that god helps me with as i mature into being as an established person in christ amen that's how I round out the whole idea of why the spirit is so important. Because I believe it is in uh, uh, Ephesians 6 and 10, the whole armor of God. I might yes, not have been in Corinthians. You're right. You're right. It's Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. 
Okay. Pulling the whole arm of God and it breaks down each piece of the arm. Yes, indeed. Okay. So, and what that means is my battle is not against you as a person. My battle is never going to be against a person. It's what I am striving to understand that this is spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual battle. And these areas that I have in my mind that's not going to be pleasing in God's sight, I have to cast down those strong imaginations. And the more, my, the more and more I think about God as I walk through the day. Mm. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stay oh, on Jesus. Okay. That's some Woke old up this morning song. with my mind. Stay yes. on Jesus. Now, now we know why our ancestors sang. Because yes. they sang not only to encourage themselves. Because it was in the singing that they found their strength. It was in the singing that they found their connection to God. It was in their strength and the singing that they found their connection to one to another. So that we, we don't understand the importance of singing. And it wasn't how well you sang. It was the fact, do you, do you want to sing? Do you know what you're singing about, right? Because our ancestors sang oftentimes not knowing the direction in which their words were taking them, but they knew who was in control of the area they wanted to go. Yes. And that's the beauty. Yeah. So, so we're still talking faith, ladies and gentlemen, but brother, brother, brother Christian is sharing his faith journey, right? We've had yes. other people come yes. on and share their faith journey. Brother Christian is sharing his faith journey. And one of the beautiful things I like to bring out or extrapolate from all that he said, he's talked about the importance of worship. Yeah. He's talked about the importance of worship and not just worshiping but worshiping in a way that changes and alters your spiritual dimension and what you want to be more like the God that you're worshiping and how you treat your brother and sister on earth as an extension of the God that you worship in your worship time, in your prayer time, in your daily fellowship. Would you agree with that, Brother Christian? I agree with that 100% because even from a Sigmund Freud or a psychological point of view, the more we spend time with anything, Ah, yeah. Become at it. I mean, that's just that's just a, just a scientific concept. I'm not that's trying true. to get deep, but the more you spend time with anything, you get better at it. Time. Imagine right. just take that word "time" and let it sink in on you for a little bit. If I spend, if those people that are singing, those people that are praising God through their voice, they're worshiping God. It's the difference between praising God and just singing. I don't mean mm. to be, I don't want to, I don't want to get, I don't want to disappoint anybody. <clears throat> you know, worship comes from a place of the heart. Ooh, talk about it. Praise comes from a place of the heart. You could turn on Nancy Wilson. You could turn on uh, uh, Cool in the, uh, no, cool, well, cool, yeah, Cool in the Game. The, I'm the, Palmer, the Commodores. Yeah, there you, doors, go. Cool there you, go. you yeah. get the idea. They're, yeah. they're singers. They're singers. And some of them, they pour their soul out in singing. And here's a here's the concept, uh, Brother Pastor. This struck me as peculiar. Growing up and being infatuated with my wife, who I've been married to for 40 years, and she was my girlfriend for about five or six years, somewhere around there, maybe even longer than that. But the whole idea is at that time, when I was going to see a very famous entertainer named Luther Vandross mm. and DeBarge and Switch, and when I was going to see those guys, 
and uh, uh, and to give you one more, I got to give you one more. In the in the, in, the, in the secular world, Maze and Earth, Wind and Fire. Oh, I, I love them. Yeah. But here's here's the spiritual revelation, brother Pastor. When I was going to those concerts, they talked about love. I'm thinking we talking about a girlfriend. I'm thinking about what I want to no. share with a girlfriend. But guess uh -oh. what, brother Pastor? Love is a big, big, big umbrella. And if you can change your way of thinking and think of all those love songs that you've heard, and they're talking about their love for God and yeah. how God loves them. Yeah. Oh my God. Take a moment to listen to some of them old-fashioned love songs that you used to listen to back in the day and take the kernel out of it and change your focus, brother pastor, and those of you who are on the sound of my voice, and see if it will make a difference in your, your idea, in your concept, that this love that they're talking about, where it makes you walk, it keeps you up all night, make you get up early, mm. make you stay yeah. out all night long. Imagine that, kind of, imagine that kind of thing is what God is doing for you and what you want to do for God. Mm. I mean, it That's changed beautiful. because now you're getting this a different idea of love. Because even That's though beautiful. we know love is, if we break, and I'll go back in a minute, but excuse me, but going off on a tangent again here, Brother Pastor, but we know that the word love, uh, as it's been translated through the Bible from the Hebrew to the Latin to the Greek and so on and so forth, we know that that translation, love, can have three or four different meanings, but we just label it as love. As we know, right. we got the agape love, which is the unconditional love that God's got for us. We got the brotherly love. You are my brother. I love you, Brother I, Henderson. That's follow. That's follow. Follow. I love you. Yeah. That's the Philios love, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Philios. Hello. Okay. Yes. Then you also have the Eros love. Eros mm. is that old romantic kind of love that's there for a fleeting moment and through ecstasy and through uh uh, um, infatuation. Oh, girlfriend, I love you. <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, we'll just say love. But we do know there are very distinctions in that word. So when we start talking about what God has for us in love, that unconditional love that you may have for your child, that you may have, well, you, they had a mass murder uh, in the suburb of Chicago. It's called Highland Park. Hmm. On, on, on the 4th of July, there were uh, uh, there was a, a, a lone shooter climbed up on the building, up a ladder, and he shot down on the, on the uh, people that were watching the parade. And one of the parents, he jumped in front of his uh, child. He was killed. His wife was killed. And the child lived. Wow. Do you call that crazy or do you call that love? I'm going to well, call that like love. A, that's sacrificial like love. That's the kind of love that Jesus Christ did. That, I rest my case. So yeah, in the spirit like world, let me close this. I want to bring some closure to you because I don't know how much time I got left. But I certainly want to bring some closure to this whole idea about a spiritual walk with Christ because you asked me to talk about worship and you asked me to talk about the, the walking in the spirit. And when I worship Christ, it comes from a place. You have, Some people have to be taught how to worship. Because for me, people were trying to help me to get it until I really, and it took me a while to really go into a deep, dark place and pull it up and say, God, 
I'll worship you and I'm going to make you larger than my drug habit. I'm going to make you mm. larger than me chasing after women because I'm handsome. I'm going to make you larger because I might even have a little money. I'm going to make you larger mm. because than, than me wanting to stay out all night. So instead of me doing that, I'll focus on you. And that comes from a place in my heart. And then when he brings me that, like they're doing almost in a 12-step program, I've been there too, trying to find my way. When they try to take some of the principles of God and then switch it over to the secular. But the, one of the main concepts is, you have to learn that whenever you get something that's working bad against you, you turn that thing. You repent. Turn the opposite direction. Go the other way. And when you see how God will relieve that thing for you, now your faith begins to build. Mm. And if he builds up in this area, then he builds up in another area. Then now all of a sudden, the devil's got no power. And watch out. Because now you'll see why we serve an almighty God, brother. Fast up. And it goes beyond just serving him. It goes in doing the work. And everybody's got their job to do. And as a matter of fact, what I'm doing right now, I am so grateful to you and your ministry that you've given Amen. me an opportunity to share with you. May God bless you. May he keep you encouraged. And as a matter of fact, you, I, I would invite you to uh, encourage you to make sure before this broadcast is over that you've given us an opportunity to give and to bless your ministry of what you have. I hope oh, wow. and pray that that happens before we leave this uh, this gathering. Well, we could talk about that right now. I, mean, I, I, I don't know how to go about doing that, but yet yeah, feel free. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, um, let me help you. You mind if I help you? Yeah, yes, sir. Please help me. <laughs> okay. My brothers, those of you yes, who are the sound of my voice, if you believe that this word, this message, this broadcast, this gathering has been a blessing to you. I would like for you to go back to this Zoom and you can find out Dr. Ellis Henderson. Now, if you really want to be a blessing to this ministry and be a blessing to the man of God, you can do some research. It's not like it's impossible for you to just look up somebody's name and look up Iron Sharpened Iron Ministries which is scripture-based. The scripture says, iron sharpens iron so that a man is to sharpen the continents of his friend. And this Amen. is what we as strong men in God need to do. We need to latch on to one another and commune and fellowship and share. And as a matter of fact, we may even need to partner Amen. with one another. If I Amen. partner with you, you partner with me. Indeed. And that's, Indeed. that's how we get this thing all, all the spokes in the wheel are rolling. And God will be pleased with you as you give, as you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit speaking to you, just be quiet for a minute. And think about what it takes when you hear something that's positive, it's going to encourage you, it's going to build your faith and build your walk with Christ, as opposed to you just sitting there watching a baseball game. Now, LeBron James just got a, $900 million contract. No, billion. No, wait a minute. $900 million. He just signed a $900 million contract. Yeah. It's almost a billion dollars. Indeed, indeed. He's worth about a $900 million over a billion dollars, allegedly. You know? It's amazing. 
I mean, but, well, but one way to the one way to give to um to us, you can give to us at, at a cash app at um T W O T L zero five. Thank you. Personally, it goes to um cash app D O C N U P E five zero nine. Um, and for for the actual ministry, you know, um, we have not set up the, um set it up yet, and I will do that tonight. Um, I, I will make sure there's an iron sharpens iron because one of the things that we want to do is whatever that comes into um, the, the, the show, we want to take and establish ministries in rural areas. For example, tomorrow I'm going to stand in Virginia. Um, I did a funeral there this past Friday for an 80-year-old young man. And um, those, the, the boys, his friends are, are without a spiritual father. So I'm going up there tomorrow to meet with these boys I know there are churches there. I've invited churches out where these boys can come and just get some fellowship. Amen. And so um, we're, we're, we're excited about that. Um, that's taking place tomorrow in Stanford, Virginia. But one of the things we want to do is make sure we've been a blessing wherever we can be in a blessing. I think I think Brother Matt got um, turned off and he was having some problems out there. Um, so we just had my Brother Matt Christian on for out of Chicago. Um, um, Illinois, who I met last week, and I was at the Joshua Summit um, out of the Joshua Jobs Ministry out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I want to thank Brother Matt for coming on. He shared some great history. He shared some, some shared some great facts about the African American journey. But more importantly, he shared about the importance of worship. He shared about the importance of us as a faith community working together, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity. And so that's one reason why I wanted to have him on. I thought he's just such a mighty man of God. But he was such a such a vessel of knowledge when I was speaking to him last um, last Friday, but almost about this time, ironically, um, I met him outside of the, the conference hall, um, just just talking to him, you know, just talking to him about faith and his faith journey. And so all that he shared tonight, he had shared with me at, at three previous stops, and he kept stopping me, you know, and he was talking and talking and talking. And I said, "Hey, bro, listen, I need to get you into the podcast." He was like, "Well, let me know when." And so, you know, we kept texting back and forth and I left before him with truth of his word. He was a guest tonight on on um, on the podcast, um, Talking Faith. I'm excited to have him on. Thank you all for tuning in. We're, again, we're on Black Talk Radio Network. Also want to give thanks to Satchmo Gates, James Satchmo Gates for allowing us to use his song. Thank you for my homegirl, Tracy Ross, with the, with the voiceover. As always, we, talk, we thank Scotty, Scotty Reed at Black Talk Media Project, Black Talk Radio Network for allowing us this platform. It's a needed platform for men to come on and talk about their faith. We wanna, you know, and so I'm, I'm gonna have a, another good friend of mine on um, pretty, pretty soon. Um, not just black men, but white men, whomever other men I meet who, who, who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I got a Muslim brother who's gonna be coming on as well, but more importantly, we wanna be talking faith and wanna encourage other men to talk about faith on a regular basis. Thank you very much for tuning in. God bless you. Peace and blessings, and may you have a blessed weekend and a blessed week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Join us again for the next installment of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith, where your faith is inspired, motivated, and activated. This show will be rebroadcast every Friday. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Peace and blessing until next time.